We're going right in. Hello and welcome to Sound Up Seattle, uh, your favorite Seattle sports podcast hosted by Tyler Cartwright and John Carey. Now, for you guys, it may have been a week, but for us, it's been only seconds. <laughs> Our noses have not recovered at all since our last recording. You may be shocked and wondering what happened. Uh, We're recording the same night as the last one. Sorry, John's got to be places next week. We just had so much energy after that last one, you know. We said we used up half of our tissues, so we might as well well push through and uh, And record another one. We had so many other little tidbits we wanted to discuss. We figured we'd make a, a very special episode. Yeah, we're not going to talk about anything, well, we will talk about Seattle sports, but uh, this episode is going to be just a little bit more broadly focused on sports, some of some sports in general. Correct. Um, Specifically, we wanted to talk a little bit about kind of the state of college basketball with the NIL and the transfer portal. Obviously, the Elite Eight and Final Four showed us that things are more wide open than they've been in the past. What do we think about those things? We've obviously, we haven't seen the Final Four or the championship game because we're recording this. But we're so good at predicting the yeah, winners of we, games. We know what's going to happen. We basically already know what's going to happen. Arizona's going to win it all. <laughs> they come in with a chair from behind. <laughs> from the top rope. <laughs> <laughs> you thought Tommy was dead, but he's stronger than ever. After um, that, we're going to touch a little bit on uh, the NBA playoff picture going into the playoffs. Obviously... That's important because the Sonics will be here in two years and we have to know who's going to be still contending when that comes around. Uh, another another thing with the NBA is it's it's kind of, I think, John's favorite sport to watch by far. Um, and I, I do love watching the NBA even though the, the Seattle doesn't have a team. Um, it's just great. It's, it's Basketball is our favorite sport to watch and probably play besides tennis for John. So uh, we care a lot about basketball. <laughs> basketball is just your favorite sport to play because I whoop you at tennis. I whoop you in pickleball. That's all that matters. Oh, you wish. Um, and last but certainly not least, we're just going to talk about like the recent NFL transactions or lack thereof. A little NBA um, offseason, but with NFL. the NFL. <laughs> John's, John's tired. He's picking at his eyelashes. So <laughs> um, let's get right into it. Uh, how do you want to approach the college basketball discussion? I, I had... Full frontal. <laughs> <laughs> did you have some thoughts no i so i think what we should do is first we go straight into why why is it so wide open like what has led to the to the state of basketball being so wide open the parody um and yeah the parody in it because currently and when we're recording this there's four final four teams who nobody would have expected maybe besides uconn in the turn or in the final four um, and strict, that's strictly because of, like, Ken Palm projections. People might have had UConn, but they were a number four seed. And, the you know, San Diego State and Florida Atlantic are in the Final Four. Like, yes. what's going on? Real quick, Tyler, while we're getting into this, we're going to do a speed exercise, okay? I'm going to ask you some questions, but it is imperative that you answer immediately, okay? I'm not I'm looking... Gonna, I'm going to cover my eyes. Cover your eyes. Close your brain. All I'm looking for is for you to answer immediately. I don't care if you're right. I care that you're fast, okay? Give it to me. Give it to me. We have how many one seeds in the final four? Zero. Two seeds. Zero. Three seeds. Zero. Four seeds. One. Five seeds. I don't know. Two? Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> that was good. So just to reiterate, people. Good job. Good job. You can, you can show I'll your be doing eyes this again. the rest of the time. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. We have zero one seeds, zero two seeds, and zero three seeds in the final four. That means the top... 12 teams in the country as ranked by the Associated Press um, are not represented in the Final Four. That has to be... I don't have the statistics in front of me. I cannot imagine there's been a Final Four in the last 20 years without a single three-seed in it. No, the the parody's crazy. Um, Just because... Yeah, we we don't have any of the top 12 teams and the entire country supposedly thought that these that those 12 teams were going to be at least making it to like elite eight um and some of them did but none of them made it past and you got to think like houston lost to miami texas lost to miami 
Miami was like <laughs> who else lost to Miami? <laughs> Everybody. Miami was the like we called the ACC week. Miami was the second best team in the ACC, but that and that's kind of indicative of it. Like everybody thinks the ACC is bad now because it is. It is bad. They <laughs> well, have one good team. Is it Miami? It's Miami. Are you sure? Because Miami was five. Virginia was a four. Duke was a five. <laughs> North Carolina was projected number one at the start of last year, and we both we both know how that turned out. But like, what is going on? Well, Why is Florida Atlantic in the Final Four, John? Too many people playing basketball, man. People people need to stop playing basketball. Stop. Focus on tennis. <laughs> I can't stress it enough. Well, I think something that was really interesting to look at this year is just kind of how the top seeds went down. How did the top four seeds in the tournament go down? Kansas lost in the round of 32 to Arkansas against Arkansas and lost handily lost by eight or nine points Arkansas was in control that whole game Alabama lost in the sweet 16 to San Diego State San Diego State that was San, a good game it was but... a good game but San Diego State controlled the second half uh Houston lost to Miami Miami was in control that entire game and Purdue lost to a 16 seed in the first round. <laughs> Didn't deserve to be a one seed. They, you know, we decided. And they stand out from the rest in that they just lost earlier and worse than the rest. But all four one seeds, these teams that were deep and talented and showed great success in the regular season, they all got like fairly systematically dismembered. And the highest seed to do it was a five seed. Miami and San Diego State were the highest two seeds to beat a one seed in the tournament. And all four one seeds lost almost as humiliatingly as the Zags against UConn. Um, I don't know if anything was that bad this tournament, buddy. Yeah, I know. I know. But I just think that really speaks to the state of it. Where It's not like, you know, a couple one seeds lost to a two seed in the Elite Eight and, you know, another one seed got upset. All four one seeds got kind of dismembered by teams that were considered top 20 teams, you know, top 25 teams. <laughs> so, a lot of parody yeah. college basketball. I think another thing kind of going off of that one is uh, college basketball is, and I think just the NCAA obviously has had the recent like NIL deal or kind of acceptance of the fact that they can do these deals. Um, and NIL deals provide individuals with the ability to go somewhere and be the top guy, and they don't have to worry about being on a team that can get them money by playing in the in the professional sport league that they play the sport of. Um, Drew Timmy will never play in the NBA. I'm sorry. <laughs> he will certainly never have a max contract. Yeah. We can go ahead and assume that. We can assume that he probably made more money in Spokane over the last year or two or whatever it is than, than he, he will, will make ever make in the NBA. Yeah. Than he'll make in the NBA. Agreed. Um but Gonzaga's and Gonzaga's a great team. They, you know, played really well in the tournament. Could have could have gone far if they beat UConn to be honest. Um and obviously went far either way. But the NIL deals allow individual players to go where they want to and make money in the way that they want to. And it also incentivizes players to not be the second or third or sixth best player on a basketball team. The era of Devin Booker being the sixth man on Kentucky is over. There's no reason for Devin Booker... The reason he did it is because Kentucky was a top-tier program, and it was his best chance to make the NBA. But that logic has completely changed. Yeah. Now, the best way for Devin Booker to guarantee future success is to play on Farley Dickinson and be their leading scorer. And that's only half a joke. <laughs> I think it's funny that you pulled out the Farley Dickinson name because we couldn't find the name of that university when we did the March Madness tournament prediction. You actually remembered it. Uh, I'm proud of you. Remember, we just called it FDU, and we couldn't figure it out for a little while. <laughs> That's hysterical. Well, beating a one seed is a great way to get a get your name immortalized, people. Um, UMBC, I believe, was the other one that did it. So, congratulations, guys. You you live rent free in my head, much like uh, Joel Embiid with uh, Hassan Whiteside. Um, Anyways. Yeah, be playing as an individual 
um, as the top player on any single team has allowed guys to, or, or that incentive through the NIL deals has allowed guys to pursue their, like, and that, oh God, and the transfer portal. But that and... They uh, go hand in hand. That, yeah, it allows guys to go where they want to go to make the most money currently and then think that they have the best way to showcase their abilities um, as an individual. Granted, that leads to the NBA being so heavily... Um, I guess like talent driven and not systematics driven, I think is a good way to think about that. Um, but is like, that a bad thing? Like was Kentucky really? Depends on if you're a like basketball purist, I guess I would think like people love Chris Paul because he's like the quintessential point guard. People loved Marquise Noel in this tournament because he's like a quintessential point guard type player. But neither one of those guys played at like blue blood colleges. No. And that's not what I'm getting. I'm getting at the fact that, skilled players typically the people that score the most points on a basketball court are the shooting guards small forwards power forwards maybe but the and there's a lot of those guys and so you there's so many of those guys and there's the most talented players they go to the nba and sometimes the smaller like the like opposite ends of the spectrum the big centers or the the small guards don't get picked up correct unless they're you know highly touted and have a refined game um but it's the, the 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 I would say the lack of parity between the individual players that are twos and threes in basketball is actually something to keep track of as we advance because you can substitute any any shooting guard in the NBA for another one typically and it's you're gonna get basically the same result. That's totally fair. I've got an interesting question for you, and it's gonna sound like a trick. It's gonna sound like I'm trying to kind of like gotcha you, but the reason I'm asking is because. I have found myself falling into the same trap. College basketball. Who is the best two guard in college basketball? Right now? Um, Does anything come to mind? Okay. No, no. I am in the exact same place. Who is the best three guard in college basketball? Three guard. Small forward. I guess you could say Brandon Miller just because of his like, uh, yeah, that like, one's more in, obvious. In your in your head, you know of Brandon Miller because right. of the things that he did this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's um, take Brandon Miller off the table because I, I do I do think he is a stud. He's going to be a top five pick. Yeah, he, he'll be a top three pick probably if we take him off the board. I have no idea. I have no idea, and I think part of it's like what you're saying: the top tier shooting guard, small forward style players are getting taken after their freshman year. Because if you are between 6'5 and 6'8 with an ability to shoot and dribble and pass, you're making it to the league after a year of college basketball or G League or whatever. Um, Because of that, who we are left with in college basketball is a smattering of point guards and power forwards and centers. All the best players, besides Brandon Miller and... He's a freshman. I guess Julian Strother, you know, whoever. It's all a smattering of small guards. I, you know, Miami has three guards, but you know, technically one plays at shooting guard, but they're all like 6'3 and below. Yeah. Um, a bunch of small guards and big men. That's who's left. That's what kind of defines the college game today because the way the NBA pulls players in. I think you're right about that. Another thing to think about is if you think about... San Diego State. Have you did you watched their game against Alabama? I did. Um, they have, and this is kind of another way to think about it, but they have just eight guys that are six eight. That's that's their team. <laughs> that is another way to play. They are the Toronto Raptors of college basketball, <laughs> and it's much more effective at the college level. Yeah. Um, and they just they have the ability to capitalize on their athleticism and um, their size or lack thereof because of their athleticism. Like they can take a big man if they're working from the outside, yes. and they can take a little guy and bring him on the inside. Um, and I think those kinds of teams work really well as long as they don't get attacked by a good shooting team or something like that. And I think the, another thing that we haven't touched on is the fact that in March Madness it's a one game elimination. Anybody can play any sort of game at any point. Correct. Um, it just makes it harder what you really need to have a dominant team win for that team to be truly dominant. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a fun fact, a fun cue for you. How many NBA teams have ever swept an NBA playoff? 
That's a great question. I don't know. One, the 2001 Los Angeles Lakers are the only team ever to go 16-0 and in the NBA playoff. The only other team that got close was the 2017 Warriors, who went 16-1, and but lost up uh, 3-0 against the Cleveland Cavaliers in the finals. I only know it because of that game, but it's hard to win six straight games yeah. against anybody. Um, yeah, single elimination's tough. Here's, a, here's an interesting thought. If every single game in March Madness was a best of three, You'd get a lot more one seeds. You'd in the get a lot more four. one seeds. Do you think Gonzaga beats UCLA through two or three times? Do you I think do. Gonzaga wins against UConn one time? Maybe. I do think we beat UCLA. I think we matched up really well with them. I also think college basketball. There are so many ways to build a team. That's my yeah. yeah. That's another thought. The skill level in the NBA is kind of a great equalizer. It limits the ways you can build teams. You have to build teams a certain way. College basketball, San Diego State's a great example. That is a very unorthodox way to build a team. They can kind of shoot, kind of. They can kind of like dribble drive a little bit, but what do they really do? They play excellent defense. They rebound the hell out of the ball, and they attack individual matchups. That's what they do. Gonzaga would be a great matchup for San Diego State. Because Timmy could work their guys in the post. They don't have anybody big enough to really limit Drew Timmy in the post. They do have one big guy, but he was playing limited minutes. I think he had to know. Sorry, and I'm he, sitting back. They have one guy who yeah. has... And he's he's limited. He's yeah. pretty raw. Yeah. You're kind of an Omar Ballo like, Tim, type. Tim, Timmy would eat that guy alive, probably. Would eat him up. And that's not to say... That's the thing about college basketball. It's like, oh yeah, we could have beaten San Diego State. Guess what? We could have never beaten Alabama. Because we are a horrible matchup for Alabama. There are so many different ways to build these teams. UCLA is a great example. They are huge, they are athletic, and they have shooting. Where you attack them is by being really aggressive on the perimeter and limiting their three-point shooting and forcing their bigs to score 40 points. If you can do that to them, that's how you beat UCLA. That's how they lost six out of eight games in the Big East when they had that huge, horrible stretch. But... Mm -hmm. UCLA in the Big East? Oh, you did mean? I see UConn. UConn. Oh, UConn. UConn. There we go. Okay. Did I see I was, UCLA You were talking, you were saying there? UCLA, and I was like, okay, this is all making sense. This is well, good. It was all wrong. <laughs> that's, the, that's not how you beat UCLA at all. UCLA is a great matchup for Gonzaga. That's the reason I'm pretty sure we would have beaten them two times out of three is they're small. You let your Timmy eat. They're not very good defensively. They score points. So what do you do against them? You limit them on the perimeter as much as you can and live with whatever happens on the interior. That's what we did in the second half against them. But yeah, it's such a matchup game between the single elimination and the absolutely wild amount of like matchup variability. And with adding in the transfer portal, letting guys move around as much as they want, and NIL incentivizing people to move around as much as they want, college basketball is impossible. So rarely do I feel bad for the guys in Vegas who have to come up with the lines for these games, but how the heck do you do it? Miami, UConn? I, I would do like UConn minus 11. After, but, after watching that game, yeah. But Miami's probably going to win by five, so what the hell do I know? Yeah, no, I, I think this is a good segue into the transfer portal discussion of how do we feel about the the Zags versus like the UW versus like teams that can so Kansas State it's been brought up a lot in like the broadcasts and everything Kansas State had nobody on their team who played there as a freshman but they were a great team they they I didn't hear that yeah that was they were all transfers at some point that is a hell of a stat yeah I didn't know that um and they made the elite eight and they Really were poised to make a make a run at the Final Four in a championship. Another bad matchup. They would have been a great matchup for UConn. Attacking their perimeter bigs, pulling their bigs up into that mid-level where you can attack behind them or in front. Kansas State, man. Um, how do I feel about it in general? Well, you're thinking about like the Zags... They, the have, they obviously they, they're, they're getting their point guards as transfers. I feel like, but they've been developed. They also have the side of where they develop players yeah. and keep their own. Julian, Julian's probably not going to go to the league. 
He can't. No. After the, after what he showed in this tournament, there's no way. As a Zag fan specifically, the transfer portal and its effects will hurt us. Because we had perfected the transfer portal in its previous iteration, where we were bringing in the Brandon Clarks and Jonathan Williams and Andrew <laughs> Nemhards. We'd perfected that. We were the best in college basketball at it. Now, and, and you know, part of it too is, and maybe I'm overstating where we were, but my opinion was we'd made, well, we have now made eight straight Sweet 16s. We had kind of stepped into that blue blood tier of recruiting and, you know, continued dominance where what is best for the Zags is to maintain the status quo, you know. What this has done is, as we discussed, made it more incentivized for people to go their various ways and dominate individual teams. It's not good for a program that's trying to break into the top tier programs. It's great for teams like Kansas State. It's great for teams like Florida Atlantic. And that's good for college basketball. Just not necessarily for the Zags. Because of that, I think it'll be a while hopefully not too long, but it could be a long time before we see another Gonzaga number one seed in the NCAA tournament. I think NIL and Transfer Portal has been bad for the Zags. But once again, I'm a fan of it. I think it makes college basketball way more fun. This tournament has been a disaster, and I've loved it. It's been awesome. Mm -hmm. And another another note off that is, and we both talked about this, the... You dislike the way that college football is run because all the good players go to the good teams and the good teams stay good. There's no parity in it at all. It's three teams every year. Yeah. Three teams. And first of all, I think the the skill gap in football is a little bit higher because, or at least team-wise, there's skill gap because you have so many people. There's there's the potential for certain, like so many positions could be better than the other team. In basketball, there's eight players who play yes averagely maybe maybe 10 um if you're on a team that has a, you know plays a bigger rotation if it's a good close game it's eight yeah um and basketball is hard to be so much better than somebody football like you you know you play basketball all the time but you're just so barely better than me you know like <laughs> so neck and neck <laughs> you know all those hours of all those hours of practice, we're still just. When was the last time you picked up a basketball? It's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a minute. <laughs> um, and I go. You're saying, yeah, I, yeah. The more players, too, it's more easy to dominate. You know, there are 15 guys on a field, and you have you know 10 of the best 15. You're going to dominate. But yeah. if you have three of the best five, might not look as dominant. Um. Yeah, but yeah, I think that is that is the comparison to make. People who are like, oh man, this year, a bummer we don't have more big markets in the Final Four. Shut the hell up. Are you serious? How many more times do you want Alabama-Georgia in the college football playoff? Uh, we you... know Alabama and Georgia love it, but that's about it. Yeah. Nobody else wants that. It's so gross. Also, thank God Alabama lost in the Elite Eight, because guys... Relax. You have football. Yeah. Leave us alone. Get your polos out of here. Yeah. Georgia doesn't try to be good at basketball, okay? <laughs> and they're winning national championships. So maybe try to be more like Georgia. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I college basketball is a mess. And frankly, I'm over it. I don't watch college football anymore. Did I say college basketball? Yeah. yeah. Not only are we a little allergic. We've had a couple beers. But we... We, together, have had six beers. <laughs> we don't need to decide who have had which of those six. <laughs> it's been a long night. It's been a long night. But, yeah, college football's a complete mess. Who wants to watch? Literally, as soon as Clemson got bad, Georgia got good. So we had Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson for four years. And for the last three years, we've had Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia. Oh, look at that. Isn't that fun? One team fell out and another team came up. That's amazing. College basketball is like the Wild West. And, you know, if your team's a top three seed, it kind of sucks. It's like, screw you, man. How awesome for Florida Atlantic and Miami and San Diego State. Mountain West represents. 
That's what I'm talking it's about. It's the first Mountain West team to make a Final Four. You know, this is interesting. So Miami, as you said, represents the ACC. It, I'm kind of pissed off the ACC has a representative, but whatever. Okay, other than that, we have the ACC. We have the Mountain West, the Big East, and the AAC? Is that what Fred Atlantic's know. in? But so that's crazy. We really only have one major conference. Is the Big East technically a major conference? No. Yeah. They're kind of a mid-major too. Yeah. Because you've got... Yeah, you've got Pac-12, Big 12, Big, Big 10, 10, ACC. ACC, SEC. Those are the five. Correct. Those are the Big Five. Yeah, that's crazy. That's our Final Four representatives. I, I think I think that's fantastic. I think that's awesome. I yeah. love the way the college basketball works. It's just... That's why it's so hard to predict any sort of matchups. Yeah. And anything like that. And say, say what you will, but like, <coughs> had any of the one seeds been able to sneak into the Final Four, they would have the easiest Final Four they could ask for to win a natty. You know, not necessarily easy to get there, but you got to survive. If Gonzaga had beat UConn, which would happen roughly one in every 10,000 times that game was played, <laughs> um, they would have the easiest road to, a, to a national championship they've ever had. But they lost. They didn't get there, you know? That's what makes these things fun. <laughs> UConn's got a pretty easy road, man. Well, they, yeah, they played. Uh, who does the four play? The thirteen. Yeah. I don't remember what they're. Oh yeah, they played Northwestern. Northwestern. They played Arkansas. No, no, no. They played Northwestern, St. Mary's, St. Mary's, then Arkansas, then, Arkansas, then, then Gonzaga. That's a pretty play, easy. They'll walk. play Miami, and then they'll play FAU because that's how it's going to work. Their highest seed to win could be a four seed. And if they win it all, I'm going to hold that against them. And I'm going to put a big asterisk next to that <laughs> next to that national title. Anyways, moving on. We had a nice 30-minute long discussion about college basketball. But we like where it's at. We're enjoying the ride because we're not, you know, we would love if the Zags or the Huskies or Wazoo could win it all. It's we never loved been, when Oregon yeah. State was, was in it when we were there. It's never been easier for UW to make an Elite Eight than it is right now. No more excuses. Florida Atlantic's going to do it. Let's see you, Dub. Yeah. Two words on college basketball. Two. Okay. From you. Oh, from me? Correct. <laughs> it's like, you have two words? Give no, them to me. No. Uh, go dogs. <laughs> mine were, love it. <laughs> <laughs> you notice how mine encompassed the Bulldogs and the Huskies. Oh, I do like that. And I love that. I love it. Like I said, <laughs> I'm all over it. Um... Yeah, we know this isn't Seattle sports, but we wanted to talk about this because it's something that we both care a lot about, obviously. It's more than Seattle sports. It's all sports. That encompasses Seattle sports. Mm -hmm. Not all rectangles are squares, but all squares are rectangles. That's a great, great analogy. You're welcome, people. Um, and now, a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Nature Made Gummy Vitamins. <laughs> Have you ever wondered, huh, I wonder if I could make my bag smell like vitamins for an entire weekend trip? <laughs> you now can, with Nature Made Gummy Vitamins. The biotin really helps with your hair growth. The Super B Complex helps prevent hangovers. John loves that one. Mm -mm -mm. Um, the vitamin D, really great for Seattle weather. Um, and all those combined really make for a great smelling breath that your girlfriend will love. Um, <laughs> And they kind of taste like the spoonfuls of medicine your mother used to give you when you were sick. They're so good. Anyways, this episode is brought to you by Nature Meat Gummy Vitamins. Hello. Welcome back to the Sound Up Seattle podcast. We hope you enjoyed our lovely ad read. Our next segment, I guess we could call it, is uh, an NBA look ahead to the NBA playoffs. Now, Seattle fans, you may be wondering... How the heck does this apply to me? I thought that this was a variety Seattle sports podcast. And to respond to that, we just have to say, shut the heck up and just listen, okay? You have your AirPods in. You Let's probably, talk. You're probably on the treadmill. You're probably like fading in and out of the conversation as we're going. So maybe just listen for a change and yeah. stop inputting all the time. Mom, we, we, I need you to listen to this right <laughs> Mom, I told you. We're hammering out the details, okay? We've got something here. Just let us do our thing. Um, but also thanks yeah. for all the seed money. 
Uh, so how do you want to do this? You were talking about doing a draft of some kind. Please, please elaborate. Yes. Okay. So what I've got here on my phone is the top eight teams in both That's a text conferences. message from your girlfriend. Yeah, she texted me the top 16 seeds in each conference because <laughs> she's a good girlfriend. You know, Americans, we do better out here. Um, so <laughs> that's not important. Um, <laughs> in the East... <laughs> in the East, we have the <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks, the Boston Celtics, the Philadelphia Sixers... The Cavs, the Knicks, the Nets, the Heat, and the Hawks. Sorry, Raptors and Bulls, we're only doing the top eight seeds. To reiterate, that's the Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, Cavs, Knicks, Nets, Heat, and Hawks. In the West, we have the Nuggets, Grizzlies, Kings, Suns, Clippers, Warriors, Timberwolves, and Lakers. Ah, can't believe they snuck into that eight. I'm going to win some money from Will when the Lakers don't make the six seed. <laughs> To reiterate, that's the Nuggets, Grizzlies, Kings, Suns, Clippers, Warriors, Timberwolves, and Lakers. So what I'm thinking is, I want to have kind of a general discussion on how we feel about teams going into this playoff. And I don't want it to have to do with the conference that they're in or the seed that they're currently in. So what I'm thinking is, we take those 16 seeds and we throw them into a, you know, blood pit style Mad Max arena of basketball where seed does not matter conference does not matter and I just want us to kind of go back and forth draft style picking our favorite teams of the 16 does that make sense okay so do you want to each have four teams to pick from three yeah why don't we each why don't we take our top five Okay. That way we start getting into some of the lower guys. If we just if we do top four, I think it's going to be too chalk. Okay, I, I could I could go with that. We just have to make sure we're doing it in a relatively quick fashion because we know how elongated how our conversations can, can get. Know thyself, <laughs> Sun Tzu, the art of war. You're learning. Okay. Uh, because of that astute comment, I'm going to give you the first overall pick. Um, I'm going to make it easy on myself and uh, take the bucks. Why? Wow, that was a great noise. Um, I think the Bucks have the best player in the league. I know Jokic or Embiid are supposedly going to win NBA MVP. Likely. Um, but Giannis is the best player in the world at the moment. I agree um, with you. And he's on a better team than anybody else. Jamal Murray is probably the Nuggets' second best player. And I think Drew Holiday slash Chris Middleton at their peaks. And I don't think, you know, Chris Middleton's been injured. But I think Drew is better than... Jamal Murray and the fact that they have Chris Middleton just makes them that much more of a threat even though they're not as deep I think as some other teams um, those three players can have have and can carry a team to the championship and win the finals yeah Drew Holiday might be the best defensive guard in the NBA and tonight which is the night of the 29th he had 51 points 8 rebounds and 8 assists did he actually? <laughs> Correct. He had 51 points. He was 20 of 30 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3. Wow. He was Just 20 dicing of... Dicing Tyrese Halliburton. He was 20 of 30 from the field. He took 30 shots. But he made 20 of and them. And he had 20 of them. <laughs> Just, Giannis, that, that's like Zion levels of efficiency. Giannis had 38 points, 17 rebounds, and 12 assists. Giannis had 38 points, and he took... 18 shots. Drew Holiday made more shots than Giannis Antetokounmpo took while Giannis scored 38 points. The Bucks scored 149 points tonight, too. Like, I, and I just read that from John's phone. I know I was surprised that the Bucks played tonight and Drew Holiday had that many points. But the Bucks scored 149 points against the Pacers. Granted, the Pacers aren't amazing, but they scored 149 points. Anyway, I think that's a great pick. Obviously, Drew Holiday is not a guy that you expect to be scoring 50 on a given night. But he can drop 18 in every, any playoff game. Any playoff game. And he will be the best defensive guard on the floor. Yes. I just thought it was ironic that on the night that you picked the Bucks number one overall, he scored what has to be a season high. Maybe his career I high I think that would points. be his career high, yeah. Wild. 20 of 30 from the field. 
It's like me against you in the post. God, just stop. Hook shot after hook shot. <laughs> At some point, we're going to have to like broadcast a live stream of us just playing basketball for oh, all of our fans. You don't want the it's smoke, It's going to be man. ugly, dude. You know once the camera's rolling. I'm going to just, just hit you with a Heisman layup. Just like <laughs> hand to the face. You underestimate how long these arms are, my man. You can block my face. I'll still block you. Okay, well, I think the Bucks were a great pick. They probably would have been my first pick. Because it was such a great pick, I think I have to reach a little bit. Okay. And I'm going to take my sons. God, you really are reaching. Okay. And my argument is, I think the Bucks are probably the best. I think the Suns have the most talent in the NBA. I think that for like this year, in this playoffs, in an individual series, there's an argument that you'd take Kevin Durant over anybody. Not and maybe not over a whole playoffs, but in a given series or a given game, Kevin Durant. There is no reason to suspect that it's not fifty-fifty that he'll be the best player in a game. Is that fair? No, that's fair. So he's right up there in talent. And then, if he is the best, then Devin Booker is the best, second best player on a team in the NBA. If Kevin Durant is the best player on the Suns, Devin Booker is the greatest second best player on the team in the league any argument to that i think you could you could i'm not saying that i am but you could argue that Kawhi and paul george is a better combo but um, Kawhi is the best and devin booker is a lot better than paul george would be my thought it's possible i think i think i'm thinking of it as like a one-two punch and i think Kawhi and paul george is up there but if you're thinking devin booker as the second best as the player, second best i would i would I, I can't think of anybody to refute that statement. Maybe James Harden and Joel Embiid. That's a good argument. Um, That's a good argument. Booker's a lot better on defense, but I, I appreciate that. Um, Other than that, I like having Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton behind those guys. Not a ton of depth on this team, but teams tend to constrict in the playoffs. Um, I would and, say that's your biggest issue, though, is you guys have four stars and then a bunch of mediocre role players. Totally, totally. But what I like is that all of our mediocre role players are all big, strong 3 and D players. And none of them are elite three-point shooters. They're all elite defenders. None of them are elite three-point shooters. But like Ish, Wainwright, Tory Craig, Josh Akogi, like these are like 6'7", 6'8", 260-pound cannonballs that happen to be able to shoot the three at a reasonable rate. Um, you are right. Depth, depth is the number one concern on this team, but I really like that our lack of depth has like really high effort and like defensive upside around around those those core guys. So that's my argument for the Suns. Okay, I can and I can respect that one. Um, as a follow up question, are we picking our just like favorites? Are we picking who we think is going to win the finals? Is this like how are we picking this? Yes. Okay. Correct. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, you can't really go wrong here. You got a strong pick. Just don't flub this one. Just don't no. give me a layup here and let me even this up. Yeah. God. I don't got... leave the Lakers on the board. I... <laughs> <laughs> the Lakers will not be picked by you. <laughs> no, no they will think. not. Uh, I will, I'll take the Nuggets. I'll take the two one seeds then. Oh, you messed it up. Um, I already have, like, I have a team that I was thinking about picking that was not going to be... The two one seeds is nice, I yeah. guess. Um. But what Listen, did we learn from the NCAA tournament? Never pick the one seeds. Yeah, but we talked about the one seeds would make it if it was a series. Yeah, that's and true. And these are all seven-game series. That's true. Um, yeah, Nikola Jokic is probably the second best player in the world right now. I'll take the two best players in the world. Um, I don't really think it's close. I like that Joel is like taking on this role of like he thinks he has he deserves an MVP. But Nikola Jokic is the obvious best player on a relatively mediocre team. Um, and like you're saying, I don't necessarily think the Nuggets are going to win, but I really like the way that the Nuggets play because they can play around one guy who is standing at the top of the key and can see the entire floor and is probably one of, one of the best passing big men of all time. Yeah. You, you ready for something kind of interesting? Yeah. Think about this. Cause this is, people don't, basketball is like obviously such like a two-sided game because you have to play offense and you have to play defense. Imagine a world where all you played was offense, where that was all you played. 
if in all of NBA history all anybody did was play offense, Jokic might be the greatest player of all time. And I, that's going to come across sounding like hyperbole, but really just think about it for a second. The guy is a defensive weakness. He is. We it's are the only re- reason anybody discounts him. We are player. removing that from the aspect. And what are we left with? The best passing big man of all time, and it's not close. Please, for the love of God, do not even mention Arvita Sabonis. I was going to say Bill Walton. Oh, God. Or Bill Walton. Sure, they're okay. This guy's on another level. What else can he do? Only everything else. He can only also post up anybody or hit the mid-range or hit the floater or shoot threes over two defenders draped all over him off a back foot. The guy can simply do everything there is to do on offense. Oh, yeah, he also loves to get offensive rebounds. So, And he hits 87% of his free throws. So I honestly think that there's a real chance that if all we did was play offense, five on five, Nikola Jokic might be the greatest offensive player of all time. And with that, I rest my case. (laughs) And and with that being said, he still might not deserve to win MVP. Because guess what? You still have to play defense. Like, guess what? Giannis is like an elite defender, and Jokic is a clown show on defense. So, you want to caveat my comment. Because I take that seriously. No. And, you know... I, I was I picked the Nuggets because I think Nikola Jokic is one of the best offensive players of all time. Yes. Um, they've got a great supporting cast in Michael Porter Jr. A lot of shooting. Um, Michael Porter Jr. will never pass the ball, but he takes a great <laughs> shot. Um, so Jokic waits to pass it yes. to him. Um, he's got Jamal Murray. He's got... Who's the the old head who had a nice dunk on somebody the other day? Jeff Green. Jeff Green. <laughs> the old head. I love that. Um but yeah, they've just got a really good supporting cast around Jokic, and they all know and like the, the roles that they all play. And they, you know, Nikola Jokic brings out the best in everybody that he plays with. Um, I didn't even say Aaron Gordon because I forgot about him, but he's he's had... Gordon's the, had a great year. Yeah, a He's great probably year. been their second best player. Yeah. Because he is their best defensive starter. Yeah. Um, he's been really good on both ends, a really good rebounder as well. Him and Jokic pair beautifully together. Because of the fact that Jokic is so ball dominant, you can really work with Gordon on picks, make him more of a lob threat and a corner three guy. Doesn't have to have the ball in his hands. Not taking any mid-range jumpers. The opposite of what he did in Orlando. Yes. I want Gordon defending, rebounding, shooting threes, and dunking. And that is it. And it's perfect next to Jokic. Yeah. And that rests my case for my second pick for uh, this this interesting draft that we don't really know what it's called yet. Yeah. And, you know... I'll think of a name by the end. That's it's cool that you were able to get the two number one overall seeds. I think it's pretty cool that I was able to get the two best teams in basketball. So, I got the Suns first, and now I'm going to take the Boston Celtics. Um, Thought about that. Decided not to. Don't really like them. Sure. Yeah. No. Why would you want? Why would you want the second best team in basketball when you can have the fourth or fifth best team with the Nuggets? Um, Celtics are great. They are the only team in basketball ranked in the top five in offensive and defensive efficiency. Um, they have the best wing in the game, Jason Tatum. They have a another all-team uh, forward in Jalen Brown. They have shooting in the guard and forward positions. They have defensive versatility, 1 through 11 on their team. They're literally deeper than they know what to do with. And they've been to three conference finals in the last five years so a tiny bit of experience there as well um what else is there to say they beat the bucks last year they're kind of falling off right now to be honest that's the one thing that is true that is true they have a rookie head coach um i'm, I'm kind of nitpicking like the celtics are good they're gonna make you they know, do make they have a rookie head coach as well the adoka thing you know while we're on it isn't it kind of wild that we still don't know exactly what happened there I understand that it was like some. It was within the organization, and so it's hard for them to be like divulging information. Bro, it's been a year. Spill the tea. Like, come. So many horrible things have happened in sports that we know about. Ime had sex with somebody he shouldn't have. John loves Gossip Girl, by the way. I love (laughs) Gossip Girl. Where is the Gossip Girl NBA crossover that we've all been waiting for? All I'm saying is that, like, they're like. 
John Moran has was pulling guns on teenagers. Like I don't even he didn't pull a gun on a teenager. That's that's a little hyperbole. But he pulled a gun on the Instagram live. Yeah. No, no, no. There was also oh, there the story was... about him pulling a gun pulled, on he, a teenager. He pulled up with like a squad to a mall. Yes, you're right. That is not what I'm talking about either. You're talking about the Utah Jazz thing? Not that either. <laughs> the other thing. <laughs> the fourth thing about him with a gun. This is what I'm talking about. There was the story about him holding pickup games at his house, and apparently some young fellow who was allegedly like 17 or so threw a ball at John Morant's head. John Morant and his guys beat the crap out of this kid, and then John Morant went in his house and came back with a gun, and the kid ran off. I have not heard this story at all. Well, you have now. What I'm saying is that happened, and Ime slept with somebody he should not have. I'm not saying that Ime shouldn't have been fired. I'm just saying that, like, one of those is more of, like, a real human being, like, issue than the other. So just give me the details. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. This is why you picked the Celtics. You just wanted to talk about Ime's sex life. I know more about <laughs> I know more about John Morant's various scandals than I do about the single Ime Odoka scandal. Give me more I think the Celtics are really good. You should just watch some uh, dr- drama television. I think that's what you need in your life, John. My you watch really too likes, much basketball. <laughs> my girlfriend really likes Love Island. I have too much drama television in my life. Oh, we'll have to catch up on Love Island. My girlfriend made me watch it. As oh, well. that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah we, will, we will have to catch up. Oh, that's funny. Um, okay. I, I mean, I like the Celtic pick. I don't have too many issues. I think Jason... Other than having the third and fourth best team. Shut, I'd say you have some pretty big up. issues. Okay. Uh, Jason and Jalen are a great one-two punch. Um, I just think their next three best players are not the, like any other team they play is going to, I don't know. I just think like they could have the two best players or like Jokic, I think is better than both of those guys, but they're like... Jokic is better than both of them combined? No, no, not combined. But like, like He's better than either of them. Either of them individually. And On I think, offense, they both play defense. I don't know. I just think that the Celtics don't have everything put together yet. I think they're, like, a player away. Um, maybe it's the fact that they play Marcus Smart too much and Brogdon should be playing more. Yeah, I love Brogdon. Um, but I think part of it is that their starting center has been in and out all year. Yeah. If Robert Williams was in, then all of their starting six guys, I'm not even including Derek White, their starting six guys would all be really good offensive and defensive players. With uh, Smart, Brown, Tatum, Horford... Williams. Williams, if he plays, and Brogdon. Like, that is a lot of offense and defense in six dudes. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like, I can believe in it, but I need to see how they... I, I haven't watched a single Celtics We will, man. Season. We're all waiting on Celtics Bucks, and we're all waiting on Suns Nugs, man. Yeah. One of us might go 2-2, two and two, or 2-0, and oh, and the other might go 0-2. Oh we'll have to see. Um, That being said, it's now my pick. Uh, and I am going to go a little off the radar. Don't do it. Don't just, take just my cause, team. Just because I like them. Give me the Cavaliers. Oh, <laughs> that is not where I thought you were going. Uh, I love the Cavaliers. I think Evan Mobley's a great player. I know you talk a lot of trash about him, and we've had our discussions. But uh, I love Evan Mobley. I love him with Jared Allen. Um, Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell are two of the most dynamic playmakers for for that team, and in the in the backcourt, they they could have one of the best backcourts in all of basketball. Um, I just really like the way that they play. They might not win at all, but I just I, I love good basketball, and that is that is good basketball. Can you remind me? I'm struggling. Who starts at small forward for the Cavs? Uh, is it Jeremy Grant? No, no, he's on the he's on the, is he on the Trailblazers. Why am I thinking of Jeremy Grant? It's a guy like Jeremy Grant. What's his name? But he can't um, shoot threes. Is it Karis LeVert? I want to say Josh Akogi, but he's on the Suns. I'm pretty sure it's Karis LeVert. Let no, me... no, no, no. Car- no, no. LeVert was... He's on the Pacers, I think. Oh, look. Anyways, I, I really like the way that they, they have, have their team put together. They have awesome offensive guard play. They have awesome defensive forward play my issue with the it's, Cavs it's Karis LeVert <laughs> he starts at the three I don't know if he starts but they I, have Karis LeVert I have a guy in my mind that I'm thinking of Isaac Okoro starts at the Okoro, three Okoro that's what it is he's a good defender but he can't shoot for for darn so yeah they have good for offensive darn. guard <laughs> I'm trying, I already used the F-bomb for the, for the episode <laughs> I can't use it again 
Um, they have good offensive guard play and really good defensive forward play. The problem is it doesn't cross over super well on either side. Their forwards are not super good offensively by any means, and their guards are not super good defensively by any means. They're kind of, in a lot of ways, they're like the anti-Celtics, where it's like every guy on their like in their starting five is like elite on one end of the ball, and like pretty mediocre on the other. Are you saying Evan Mobley is not at least average on offense? Mediocre means average. It's no, literally the definition. mediocre means worse than average. No, no that in, is in not all, what mediocre in, means. In all discussion, mediocre is worse than average. You guys are misusing the term. By you guys, I mean culture in general. <laughs> it's not what mediocre means. It means like forgettable. Forgettable means average. Mm-hmm. You remember things that suck. Like Evan Mobley's offense. Just kidding. I'll, I'll give him. I'll give him a B minus offensively. I'll, t- I'll take that. I think he should be a B plus, but that's just myself. <laughs> I like the Cavs. I like um, the Cavs. And it's not that I think they're going to win. I just like their team. I, I love watching them. They're a good wild card pick there. I think like in like Ken Palm's like overall rankings, I think they're second. I think really? It goes, I think it goes Bucks Cavs. Um, if I don't know why it is that they they seem to be more up and down on the year, but like. The advanced stats love the Cavs, so. and I think they're a little young when it would when it comes to like playoff experience. So I think that would that would count against them. And if we're talking about playoff winning, but it's chances. nice to have a guy like Donovan Mitchell that's like, oh yeah, no, I know he can how to turn like it on at any time, dominate a playoff yeah. series. That's, Anyways, that's funny because I really thought you were going to take when you were building that up. I really thought you were going to take the team I want to take, and Which they, is? in a lot of ways, they're the Cavs West. Don't do it. The Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, baby. he didn't do it. Oh, I, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know who you thought I was gonna pick. I'll, I'll let you go, and then I'll. Take oh, my you're pick. gonna pick. You're gonna pick the Kings. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, they're like the anti, anti, anti Grizzlies. But I'm taking the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, they're kind of Cavs West. They're also kind of Celtics West. They just have like a lot of offense and defense on that team. Um, Ja, um, Dylan Brooks. Who, why am I missing there too? Desmond Bain, JJJ, and Stephen Adams when he's healthy. For the love of God, the biggest thing that team's missing is some leadership. <laughs> yes, correct. And also, the greatest zag in the history of Gonzaga basketball, Brandon Clark, mm. is out for the year. He was a really big part of that team. He was good. Yeah, he's like the first big off the bench, and he was awesome putting a lot more pressure on Jaron Jackson to be healthy and bring it every single game. But that's a team that just plays really, really hard. And they're elite defensively, which plays into the fact that they have the best fast break player in the game whose name does not start with a G and end with an oompo. (laughs) (laughs) Gumpo. Gumpo. Um, Jaw's so good in transition, man. He's unstoppable. He's also like the most frustrating like half-court player to guard. Shea reminds me a lot of him in the half-court. Shea might even be more like efficient in the half-court than Jaw. Shea is super efficient in the half-court. He's, Shea's one of the, one of the best half-court scorers in basketball right now. But Jaw will find himself in positions where he's just completely unguardable. I'm thinking of a game last year. They played against the Suns late in the regular season last year. I was really following that Suns teams closely. And they were down one with like seven seconds and he just like drove right and the Suns just completely smothered him, and he just kind of like leaned back and just flicked it up, like I do against you in the post. All the time. <laughs> and just like banked it in, and they won. Over the span of this podcast, you're going to say that to me at least 500 times. It's been great. It's been great every time. <laughs> um, and it was one of those shots where he's just so athletic and so fast and so coordinated. It's like, oh no, we defended that literally as well as we possibly could. And he just like made it look very, very easy to break it down in a huge moment. I'm a huge jaw guy. Leadership needs work for sure. But in terms of a player, I think he's awesome. And since coming back from his suspension, he's been doing all the right things. He's doing the media tour with his daughter. He's bringing his daughter to every single game, which is like... I hope he's spending time with his daughter. He needs to be more of a family man now. As as a guy who loves jaw, I think it's hilarious. It's like... Oh, gun. What? What gun? It's just, <laughs> I was like hanging out with my baby girl. It's like, 
Ja, man, you're not fooling anybody. But he, he's doing all the right things, and he's balling out. Desmond Bain is so good. I kind of thought he was my one of my NBA examples for our, our Julio conversation in our last podcast mm. about guys who are awesome, and then you expect them to take a step up, but they just regress. He's taking a step up this year in terms yeah. of consistency. He's a, like, 24-point-a-game guy, and he reminds me of Clay Thompson, not in play style, but like in the just fact... Just in, the, in their stats and in the stats roles. And in the fact that he's, like, a true number two guy. Like, he's a true number two. He's not a 1B. He is a 2. Um, but he bring, he's consistent every single night. Clay on those Warriors teams, he was a true number two, but he would score at least 20 every single game. He would never score more than like 34, but it was between like 20 and 34 every night. And that's what Bain brings, along with really good defense, elite shooting. I you know, I've been I've been rambling. I love the Grizz. <laughs> no, I, I I would relate him more to Chris Middleton, to be honest. I feel like he and Chris Middleton have kind of the same package. Um The my only concern is like once and you brought this up in their last podcast, once we get into the playoffs and they get slowed down how is their offense going to run when they can't be as fast? And that's um, what they ran into with the Warriors last year. That's yeah. why they lost to the Warriors, is that things slowed down. Yeah, so that's that's my main concern with the Grizzlies. And Have again, they learned from that? Again, this, this draft is not who we think is going to win, necessarily, because I would not have picked the Cavs, nor will I be picking the Kings next. It's who we love. Case. It's who we love. It's just who we like. And I get that you like the Grizz. Um, everybody hates them right now, and it's there's a reason for that. And buy so I think low. they've got a target on their back. Buy low. Don't um, buy Amazon stock right now. Buy Netflix stock. <laughs> um, with that being said, I'll take my next pick as the Kings. And I think we might be taking a little too much time here. Should we stop at four? If the Grizz are Netflix stock, then the Kings are crypto. <laughs> yeah, let's stop at four. Four is appropriate. Uh, yeah, it's been almost an hour, and I'm sure the people have other places to be and things to listen to. Um, even though we know you love our silky smooth voices. I was going to say, you guys don't have anywhere to go. Keep pretending. We got you wrapped around <laughs> our little finger. Um, but I love the Kings. I love They the are Kings. the most efficient, or the, not most efficient, but they score the most points per game in the NBA right now. They're the best um, offense in the they NBA. They have the best offense in the NBA. De'Aaron Fox looks like an absolute dude right now. DeMontis Lock. Sabonis yeah. is running the show down low. He looks like a Jokic light. Um... Jokic light, more like Jokic 2.0. <laughs> Jokic wishes he had his arms. Um, Kevin Herter has been amazing for them. Uh, Malik Monk's been really good as kind of a spark plug. Off, I don't know if he plays off the bench or yeah, yeah. starts. He comes off the um, bench. I just have loved everything about the Kings this year. I'm glad you brought Herter up early because I think Herter comes off the bench for them too. No, no. He must start at the two for them. Yeah. But I love Kevin Herter. Uh, he's he's got such a great game. Him and Sabonis make such beautiful magic together. And I love and Grizzlies just got picked. Now you're picking the Kings. I love any team that heavily features a former Gonzaga Bulldog. I'll probably pick the Magic as my fourth team just for <laughs> Jalen Suggs. Um, and the guy you didn't really mention, but Deer and Fox, like everybody had kind of written him off. Absolutely, including me. Yeah. Um, I just really liked. I listened to one of the Old Man of the Three podcasts with JJ Redick back when they were like it was when we were doing when I was doing a bunch of drilling back like over last what was that winter time um, and De'Aaron Fox was on the podcast and it was just like listening to him talk about his game and his confidence and also how he approaches kind of every day and in, in the training aspect of it has been really cool to see him like grow because you obviously knew the talent was there and I was worried he would turn into like a Colin Sexton type player. And uh, he really just stepped up his game. He's been great in the clutch. I think he's been the best clutch player in all of the NBA um, by the like advanced statistics or something like that. And uh, yeah, I've just really enjoyed the way that De'Aaron Fox has kind of owned his leadership role in this team and improved because a lot of people didn't expect it. You know what's a funky thing about De'Aaron Fox? He's been awesome this year. Last year he was kind of like a like fake stats. Colin Sexton, yeah. Sure, like Colin Sexton type Th- player. That's a good way to do it. Like not not like the real performance, but he put up good numbers. And this year, it's it's the real deal. And having watched him last year and watched him this year, I can't really tell what the difference is in his game. 
<laughs> which is like ridiculous. Like, it probably makes me sound like an idiot. I can't tell what's different about his game, but it's obvious that I like, think he's just super focused and like in it every single night. Sure, but he's like a completely different player. Yeah, no, I. That's the thing. I think his like his skill package has not really changed much. Um. But whatever it is, it just click. Yeah. Having Sabonis next to him probably helps. I think that's a huge thing, yeah, is that ability to drive and feed off of Sabonis as well. I think maybe it's his shooting. Maybe his shooting's improved, and we haven't fully noticed it, but like a little step up in that has probably helped a lot. A fun little uh, fun little trivia question for you, Tyler, while I'm looking at some King stuff. Who is the fourth highest paid player on the Kings? I'll give you the top three. De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis Sabonis, and Harrison Barnes. Oh, I was gonna guess Harrison Barnes. Yeah, the fourth. yeah. Um, oh, is it Della Vadova? No, <laughs> I'm gonna give you three guesses. Uh, who else is on this team? Um, sorry, fifth, 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 fifth. There's okay, also the Kevin Herter. Okay, Kevin Herter's the fourth. Yeah. Um, I was I was thinking it was like a gotcha, like it wasn't Kevin Herter. No, it is um, a gotcha. <laughs> it's for sure a gotcha. Uh. Is it like a Marvin Bagley type where it's just like somebody who doesn't play at all it's, anymore? He plays, but he's very much a Marvin Bagley type. This guy and Marvin Bagley, it might be the same guy wearing different outfits to different games, you know? Like, I'm not certain that this guy isn't Marvin Bagley. Is it Jaleel Okafor? <laughs> it's Rashawn Holmes. Oh. Uh, yeah. What does that have to do with this conversation? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> um. Anyways, I love the Kings. I love their play style. And they're they're my number four pick. I don't necessarily think they're going to win it all. They have a chance um, to at least make the finals, but I really like them. Wowzer. So we have the top three seeds in each division, not including the Philadelphia 76ers. So I'm just going to do the Mm, easy thing. The Cavs are the five seed right now. No, no, I know. But we have the top three in each division other than the Sixers. Oh, so you're going to take the Sixers? Yeah, so I'm going to do the easy thing, and I'm going to take the Golden State Warriors. Because (laughs) the last thing... I think it's hilarious that we picked five West teams, and the East Coast or Eastern Conference is supposed to be so much better than the West. I don't buy it, man. (laughs) That's what the media keeps telling us, but I've been watching the games, and I just don't buy it. Um, I don't want to touch Joel Embiid's paper mache knees or James Harden's paper mache spirit hamstring, with, hamstrings hamstrings and or character um with a 10 foot pole come playoff time um so i'm just gonna pick the team that's won four championships in the last eight years and uh not have a ton to say about it steph curry i don't i'm not a warriors fan i've it's always been i kind of root for the heat because of Dwayne wade in the eastern conference and i've always been a Suns guy and Stephen Curry is like far and away my favorite basketball player that I've ever watched. He single hand he inspires me when I hit those pull up threes in your face, and you've got that stupid look on your face after I drill it. I'm like, this man has never shot a three before in his life. How is he making a shot? That feeling is the feeling that Steph Curry feels all the time, and and I love him a ton. I don't, you know, they won four chips. I don't have much to say on them. Yeah, I could I could bring up the kind of negative things, but they could turn it on at any moment and they could be great that that's the thing about them is like they're the ultimate like caveat team where it's like there are a million negative things to say about them but nobody has a bigger like asterisk like a positive asterisk next to their team where it's like like all these bad comments and then asterisk it's like but they could definitely win the championship you know it's like they've done it four times yeah they're kind of like they're like the late 2000 spurs where it's like there were so many things to not like about those teams and they only won one after 2007 or whatever I mean, but the like, one in like 2014 or whatever exactly it was, but, and yeah. that might have been the warriors last year but um <laughs> i'm not betting against them you know <laughs> no i i like that um why don't you just recap yeah, us? let me recap what we got so <laughs> for our uh for john and tyler's nba playoff draft uh teams that we like that's that's the draft name <laughs> that i came up with <laughs> Uh, Tyler selected Bucks, or the Bucks, the Nuggets, the Cavs, and the Kings. John has selected the Suns, the Celtics, the Grizzlies, and the Warriors. I think it's interesting. We both have kind of like a specific draft style, 
in this sense. Like, I, I feel like there's some way to, like, pick apart both of these sides. Yours is definitely, like, super offensive heavy plus the Bucks, And mine is definitely, like, super best think, teams available. I think your, <laughs> yours is, like, highest ceiling. Like, you're like, oh, if these things uh, work out. Uh, yeah, yours is like, oh, if, this, if things go well, this is that. Mine is, like, safe for the first two. And then it was like, hey, I like these teams. Yeah, I think that's a great way to describe it. Mine are just like higher ceilings, but like have some pretty low floors. Like goodness, Suns, Grizzlies, Warriors. Those are some those tier- low floors. Yeah, those are teams that could be out in the first round. <laughs> Absolutely. Go well. Yeah. And like your teams, Kings, I guess could be out in the first round, but the other teams are like these guys should probably advance a couple rounds. But I think Bucks are the only ones that I think have like a true championship ceiling. I would say I've got three teams with a championship ceiling that's tough watch the Cavs win the championship this year well watch it well okay so how about this four teams will make the conference finals two in each conference ten bucks for somebody whoever has more whoever has more if we both have two then it's a push that's pure pure odds based I have two east teams you have and two west teams you have three west teams I will take those odds (laughs) plus you have the two one seeds yeah Ten bucks. There we go. That's a lot of money we wagered in the last two podcasts. Fifty-four dollars. <laughs> Jesus, that Julio bet was a swing. We're gonna have to remember that for a hundred and sixty-two I mean, games. It's around. Hopefully, by the time this, you know when when the Mariner season is ending, we'll have enough followers to be like, oh hey, remember yeah. that bet you guys made? Our viewers will get back to us. For any viewers listening now, we will forget. So whoever emails me to remind me that I've won forty-four bucks from Tyler when Julio hits like twenty-seven home runs this year. Um, we'll I'll get four dollars. I'll Venmo. No, I'll Venmo you half of it. Twenty two dollars are yours if you remind me before I ask him for it. So I like that deal. Keep it in mind. And if it's the other way around, keep your goddamn mouth shut. Keep it shut. <laughs> as soon as Hulu hits his thirty fifth home run in game one hundred, I'm I'm picking you up for that. <laughs> game <money>. one hundred. <laughs> After he hits his thirty fifth home run in game thirty four. <laughs> um. Anyways. Hey, that was a good podcast. I actually really enjoyed that. I know we said That's we nice. would talk about NFL transactions, but that may be saved uh, for gross. a later date. Yeah, we can do that at any time. Um, if you did enjoy this episode of Sound Up Seattle, please feel free to give us a follow on Spotify at Sound Up Seattle. You found us, so you know where we are, and you can hit that follow button. Um, you can find Sound Up Seattle on Instagram and TikTok or on Gmail at soundupseattle at gmail.com. Um, me, Tyler, can be found at tycart 50 anywhere. Feel free to DM me if you don't want to talk to John. Um, if you do want to talk to John, that's tough. John can't really be found anywhere. But I guess, you know, we've been doing this podcast for a while now, so I do feel comfortable giving out my email. It's G-U-L-L-I-B-L-E at gmail.com. Um, please reach out with any questions, concerns, requests for feed picks. I'm, you know, open for business. He sent that, He spelled that out a little quick. It's G-U-L-L-I-B-L-E at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Yeah, thank you. Um, and the E is a three, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler knows it's always a three, baby. Uh, hand that, down, man down. <laughs> with that, we hope you have a great... Uh, Fourth of July weekend? Yeah. <laughs> April 5th? <laughs> I don't know. I, I like to look forward, you know? Um, have a great weekend. Enjoy. Hope We hope you enjoyed the... the final games of the NCAA uh, March Madness tournament. Yeah, go winning team. Hey, let's, was let's, a, let's put some money, right? not money, but let's make a bet. I was a day one winning team guy. <laughs> I'm going to take San Diego State. I'll, and you can, no, or or here's this. Do you want UConn or do you want any of the other three teams? I want UConn. Okay, I'll take the other three teams. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see who is right. Deal. All right. We hope you have a great week and, uh, Go squids. Go squids, baby. At least, yeah. Like, to have the top supposedly... <coughs> God damn, shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's going to come through on the podcast? <laughs> You're going to think I replayed the exact same sound twice?